0: You're listening to a Sunday service podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We're a faith community committed to racial justice, a place where we practice a deep and authentic welcome, where we listen deeply to where love is calling us next, and a place where with humility, courage, and compassion, we act for justice in the world. To learn more, please visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.
1: We sound good. Welcome to you all on this new day. It's so good to be with you. Welcome friends and members and visitors and those gathering with us online and all of you sojourners and seekers. I'm Kate Tucker serving you this summer as worship coordinator and it is a joy to be with you as we enter this worship hour, this time of feeling and strengthening the fabric of this beloved community, a congregation firmly grounded in Minneapolis for 163 years. Love is the spirit of this church, we say, and service is its law. This is a faith home. Whatever your age, skin color, gender identification, background, ability, this place was made for you. We hold that all are precious, all are gifted, all deserve a chance at life, a chance to unfold our powers, and so we commit ourselves to listening, learning, and working to end oppression and discrimination wherever we find it, within us, among us, and beyond us. Today, musicians Franco Holder and Amy Bryant are with us. And Kathy Coskran is with us, and Marion Dane Bauer. Two longtime members, two writers, two leaders, two storytellers. Marion bringing us her picture book, The Stuff of Stars. Thanks always to John and Stephen for managing technology. So. Let's take a moment to settle ourselves, to be really here, sitting comfortably aware of the space over our heads, the space around us, the space within us, aware of the companions, seated near us, aware of our breathing, aware as we sit in these pews that the ground below is part of the homeland of the Lakota and Ojibwe and other indigenous peoples who have stewarded this land and to whom we owe deep honor, ongoing reparations, and honest storytelling about this place. Our call to worship comes to us from Monica Jacobson-Tenison. Tennyson. is it that calls you here, that calls you onward, that calls you inward, that leads you homeward? What is it that gives you the power to make that change, to ask that question, to take that journey? What is it that says, you have done well, that asks you to learn more, that brings you to stillness, that holds you in hard times. It is relationship, the beating heart of our faith. It begins when we share this hour, our truths, this air, our hearts. Come, let us worship together.
2: Please join me in saying the words for the lighting of our chalice. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. the stuff of stars. In the dark, in the dark, in the deep, deep dark, a speck floated, invisible as thought, weighty as God. There was yet no time, there was yet no space, no up, no down, no edge, no center. No earth with soaring hawks, scuttling beetles, trees reaching for the sky. There was no sky, no you, no me, only the speck waiting, waiting. And then the beginning of the beginning of all beginnings went bang. And in a trillionth of a second, our universe was born. A cloud of gas unfolded, unfurled, zigged, zagged, stretched, collided, expanded, expanded, expanded. Bits pumped, gathered, fused. And throughout the cosmos, stars caught fire. Trillions of stars, but still no planets to attend those stars, and if no planets, then no oceans, no mountains, no hippopotami, no violets blooming in a shady wood, no crickets singing to the night, no day, no night. The stars burned and burned, They burned so long and so hot that some of them exploded, flinging stardust everywhere. And the ash of those dying stars gathered into planets, and the planets circled other stars. But still, no bluebirds, no butterflies, still no snails, no giraffes, still no you, no me. The planets closest to their star stayed very hot. The ones far away grew very cold. But one lucky planet, a fragile blue ball we call Earth, was neither too far nor too near It circled its yellow star, the one we call the sun, from just the right distance, with just the right tilt, to be sometimes warm, sometimes cool. Perfect for turning that starry stuff into mitochondria, jellyfish, spiders, into ferns and sharks, into daisies and galloping horses. Again and again, stardust gave birth to stardust. Dinosaurs lived and died, making room for humans. Our great-great-great-grandparents and all before them lived and died, making room for more and more children. Then one day, In the dark, in the dark, in the deep, deep dark, another speck floated, invisible as dreams, special as love. Waiting, waiting, dividing, changing, growing, until at last you burst into the world. You took a big breath of the same air once breathed by woolly mammoths. You cried tears that were once salty seas. Your hair, once the carbon in a leaf. You and the velvet moss, the caterpillars, the lions. You and the singing whales, the larks, the frogs. You and me loving you, all of us, the stuff of stars.
1: Thank you, Marion. When we gather in worship, we're mindful of the necessary and holy rhythm of giving and receiving, and one way we make real our bonds to one another is by sharing our financial resources. This we do in person here in the sanctuary, and we also provide online guidance. Our offering recipient today is our partner organization, the Center for Leadership and Neighborhood Engagement, or CLNE whose aim is to disrupt racism by focusing on organizational culture, policies, and practices, and by meeting people and neighborhoods exactly where they are. They ask, what if we focused on strong relationships instead of measurable success? What if we moved from a culture of separation to one of belonging? We are glad for this opportunity to support the center. And now we can all sing. <laughs> so let's sing Circle Round for Freedom. I think, um, I think maybe we'll remain seated. It's 1.55.
3: circle
1: Then one day in the deep, deep dark another speck floated, waiting, waiting, dividing changing, growing until at last you burst into the world you took a big breath of the same air once breathed by woolly mammoths you cried to tears that were once salty seas, your hair wants the carbon in a leaf, you and the velvet moss, the caterpillars, the lions, you and the singing whales, the larks, the frogs, all of us the stuff of stars. Each Sunday we take time, we take some moments in our weekly round to pay attention to the fact, the wonder, that we're alive, here, together, connected in mystery and miracle to all that lives. We slow down, we breathe. Maybe we close our eyes for a couple of moments. I invite us to do that and relax. And relax the muscles around our eyes They work so hard and scan the body and relax those muscles that aren't necessary for sitting upright and enjoy the miracle of deep breathing. The same air once breathed by woolly mammoths. And maybe notice where there might be fatigue in the body, where there might be sadness or heaviness, where there might be calm or gratitude or hope. Where does hope live in the body? Rumi says, open the window in the center of your chest and let the spirit fly in and out. And with eyes open then, breathing together. In this season, we are mindful of all that's ripening, that's bearing fruit in our lives. We remember those near and far who are navigating great change. We hold in our hearts those whose joys or needs call to us. Let's take a moment at this time to speak aloud or inwardly the names of any we want to bless and support with our love and care. spirit of love, spirit of life, spirit of wisdom for whom we yearn, whose presence is known in the structures we build and also in their collapse. Establish in us a community of hope, not to contain your mystery, but to be led beyond security into that wide, sacred space that goes by many names, called liberation, called the peace that passes understanding, called a world made just and fair. Amen.
3: Spirit of love, come to me, come to me.
4: Wendell Berry writes in his poem, The Larger Circle, We clasp the hands of those that go before us and the hands of those who come after us. We enter the little circle of each other's arms and the larger circle of lovers whose hands are joined in a dance and the larger circle of all creatures passing in and out of life who move also in a dance to a music so subtle and vast that no ear hears it except in fragments. Exactly. I've been thinking about that larger circle. We clasp the hands of those that go before us and the hands of those who come after us. I've been thinking about that ever-expanding circle of life because I've been interviewing my grandchildren this year. I've been meeting with them individually to ask each for their stories and their opinions. I wanted to know how they describe their lives to themselves and to ask about their vision for the future, their future, a future I'm not gonna be around for. I am interviewing these young people, ages 16 to 26, because I will admit I'm worried about their future. I'm worried about the deep polarization in this country and in the world. I'm worried about the climate. I'm just worried. And so I'm wondering what stories these beautiful young people are telling themselves because the story we tell ourselves is the story we live. Well, they are worried too. They're worried about the climate. They're worried about the fate of our precious planet. One of them said, climate change is a slow moving calamity. Not happening fast enough to panic enough people, but reaching the point of no return. Another said, she may not have children because their future is so uncertain. They all mentioned the deep divide in the United States. Why? Why are we arguing about everything, one of them asked. Another spoke of his fr- of frustration with friends who won't even make space to talk, who find information that fits their view and sticks to it. Another referred to Obamacare as a time when both sides of the aisle at least agreed there was a problem, not enough people with health insurance. The disagreement was on how to fix it not if it existed. Why has that changed? How did we arrive at a time when there is repeated denial of facts, of science, of clear evidence? They all spoke of their own privilege, of the racial divide, of the murder of George Floyd, a mile or so from their family homes. These are the stories they are living. These are the stories they are telling themselves. They're not the kind of stories I was telling myself when I was 20 years old. My grandchildren seem wiser than I was at that age. And I wondered why, out of necessity? What impressed me was the depth and breadth of their stories from their immediate concerns and disappointments, a remote freshman year of high school, seeing friends only on a screen, a remote final year of college, and no college graduation. One said, it was so hard just to wake up and turn on his computer, that school without interaction with friends was really unrewarding. Well, as is probably obvious, they all occupy the same bubble as their parents and grandparents. My goal and my effort was not to ask leading questions, not what do you think about climate change, or what do you think about politics, but how do you see your future? What are you looking forward to? What worries you? I asked for their stories because, like I said, I'm worried about the world, I'm leaving them, but I'm also really curious. I really want to know how all of this is going to turn out. I want to know how the next chapters of our collective story evolve. So I've asked them, well, actually I've told them, to write to me when they turn 70. I know I'll be dead, I say, but I am so curious. (laughs) And I will admit that I have mentioned their writing to me more than once. Well, maybe several times because I really, really want them to do it. One granddaughter always says, Nana, you're freaking me out. But then, then her sister said, have you written to your grandmother? You should do it, she said. Well, suddenly my story got a lot bigger. None of my four grandparents, immigrants, all of them, ever flew in an airplane, they never took a picture with their phone, and for that matter, they never saw their parents or their grandparents again after they got on that ship and sailed across the ocean. So I too am part of a bigger story. We all are, and we need to be looking for it, embracing it, and I believe, celebrating it. At the beginning of every gathering here at First Universalists, we acknowledge the larger story. A story with parts that we have only recently begun to understand and own. That we are living on stolen land. That our responsibilities extend both forward and backward. These statements are an essential part of our story and I believe one of our gifts to ourselves as Unitarian Universalists. Also, this church, this building, we're in a building built in 1927 and lived in for 66 years by a Doth Jeshurun congregation, the oldest affiliate of the United Synagogue of Conservative Judaism west of Chicago. The building constructed on indigenous land, land that was swept and flattened by glaciers 10,000 years ago. All essential parts of our shared history our bigger story. The way we touch our history, the way we learn to understand it, its peaks and valleys, is through story. Well, yes, we can list facts, we can memorize dates, we can make a graph or a spreadsheet, but stories have power, leave an imprint, a memory, details, deeper understanding. The stories we know, the stories we tell, the stories we understand and tell become the way we live. I think stories are the secret path or the tunnel to comprehension and compassion. I say secret because they can so easily be devalued. Oh, that's just a story, as in something made up as a myth or entertainment. But if it's a true story a live story, a big story, an inclusive story, it can help us understand, connect, and correct our own small vision of the world and how we live in it. Stories are multifaceted and have trajectories backwards and forwards. We call one the past or history, the other the future, but they're all part of the same story. I can write to my grandparents and tell my grandchildren to write to me or send me a TikTok video or whatever the next improbable manifestation of communication is in the year 2070. And now, thanks to the James Webb Space Telescope, we see that we truly are made of the stuff of stars, are part of the larger circle of all creatures, We have been given a rare opportunity to open ourselves to wonder, to awe, to revelation, to the beginning of time, existence, life, I don't know, to cells that divide and divide and divide. We, all of us, are in that ever-expanding dance, and although we barely comprehend what we're looking at, points of light, streaks, streaks of color, that looming rocky image in the foreground are real, are here now, or there. They existed 13 billion years ago. 13 billion years ago. And so we're looking in an earlier time? Really? In another poem, Wendell Berry asks, What banged? Before banging, how did it get there? When it got there, where was it? My question's exactly. And I would add, who made it bang? Who set it in motion? What is it? As we gawk at those images of creation in wonder and awe, The questions and mystery are still there. What banged? How? Who? What do you call it? Is there a prime mover? God? Love? I don't know. But for me, the power in those pictures from the Webb telescope is that we are all there. The beginnings of all of us are there of every creature that ever lived. Every bird, tree, mosquito, dinosaur, and daisy. My grandparents and yours. Today's children and their children-to-be. The gift of those amazing images is connection. We are all there, the people and the animals and the trees and the living creatures we love, the ones we never knew, the neighbor it's hard to have a civil conversation with, my best friend who agrees, obviously, with everything I think. <laughs> so some, some give a name to the, to the prime mover, to the lighter of the fuse that set it all in, ma- in motion. I think God is a fine word to use, mystery, spirit of life, creator, light, energy, love. We are all a miracle of love, as is every other creature in the universe, if you can define love as connection, as possibility, as belief in life, belief in what comes next. We need to be willing to peer into the near and distant past, see where we've come up short, acknowledge our wrongs, and celebrate our blessings. It's the only way we learn and see the whole story. The times we live in, the stories we're living now, are challenging. There's the ones we all know about, the virus, polarization, climate change, the war in Europe, and then there are our small individual stories, some hopeful, some not. But in looking at the stories we tell ourselves, I find enormous reservoirs of hope, particularly in the wonder of the images of the expanding universe and in my grandchildren, my particular future. One said, politics is how you treat people. She went on to say, I want to tell my grandchildren that their actions affect others. If everybody were vaccinated and quarantined when necessary, we wouldn't be beginning the third year of a pandemic. I like the image of a shared swimming pool, she said. If we had all gotten out of the pool together, we could have cleaned it up. I've been waiting at the side of the pool for two years and I'm getting fed up. The 16 year old said in early February, 11 days before Russia invaded Ukraine, I have been following the issues in Ukraine closely, and I believe that if there is war between Russia and Ukraine, that will be more defining of this period in history than the pandemic. We remember World War I, but hardly anybody knew about the Spanish flu until we were in the middle of another pandemic. Another said, she wants a career that helps. It's better to act, she said, than to do nothing, and she's not giving up, even if it makes sense to give up. Another thanked me for the conversation, for the questions. Well, I of course was incredibly grateful to them for taking the time to meet with me, but in thinking about it later, I realized how important it is for us old people, so-called elders, which, which somehow implies wisdom to listen, to ask questions, to learn from the young. People, people my age know we need the, the young for help with our electronic devices, but asking questions of the young, questions we might have an answer for ourselves, but listening and learning, preferably without comment, maybe a nod of the head, is one way to find and understand the ever-expanding story. That was the power, I think, of formalizing those conversations and calling it an interview. My job as interview was to listen and learn, to take notes, not to agree or disagree. That's not the goal or method of every conversation, of course, but in those interviews, I'm sure I heard more and learned more than if I had been expressing my opinions, my biases, or my wishes for these young people I love that never entered the conversation. I also interviewed their 50-something parents. I interviewed my husband, Chuck, my 75-year-old brother. Got many similar answers, because as I said, we're all in the same bubble. But it was the conversation with these millennials that gives me hope, that helps me understand and embrace the ever-expanding story, and encourages me to remind them that I will be looking for those letters (laughs) when they turn 70 in the year 2072 or so. And yes, I have started the letter to my grandmother. She will be so amazed. (laughs) And you might consider writing a letter or two also, but for now, let's sing. Rise as we are able and sing Blue Boat Home, page 1064 in the teal hymnal. grace the deep connection to those who have gone before us to all who are with us and those that come after us in the larger circle of all living things as we go now in peace and with love and keep the circle whole amen
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Text FIRSTUNIV, that's F-I-R-S-T-U-N-I-V, to seven three two five six to to make your gift. If you are able to join us in person for Sunday worship, we'd love to see you in church. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.